Well, we welcome all of you who are joining us online and also those of you who are meeting here at our central campus and those of you who are also gathering together at one of our other campuses in Airdrie and down in Bridgeland in South Calgary and also in Northwest Calgary. On this Canada Day weekend, it's a privilege for us to have as our guest speaker the president of Embassy Connections Canada. Uh, Jerry Sherman has been part of our church for many years uh, with his father and mother, the late Pastor Sam and Ruby Sherman, uh, serving the Lord here at Center Street for nearly uh, 40 years. After serving at a number of our Canadian universities uh, with Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, Jerry continued to advance the kingdom in Kenya and also Tanzania and giving focused leadership to a ministry focused on developing Christian leaders and also humanitarian aid projects in those two countries. In 1996, he was appointed the executive director of the Christian Embassy of Canada in Ottawa, and in 2013, he became president and founder of Embassy Connections Canada. For many years now, Jerry and his wife Carol have sought to build relationships with members of parliament and also members of the Senate, along with their spouses, and also uh, connecting with ambassadors uh, to Canada from other nations and their spouses, encouraging them, praying uh, for them, praying with them, uh, establishing Bible studies, and through their lives and words, uh, introducing them to the life and the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, their purpose statement is helping leaders at home and abroad to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In addition, they have also established relationships with Canadian corporate and business leaders, arranging for ambassadors from other nations to travel to various parts of Canada to meet with corporate and business leaders, uh, establish business contacts, promote their countries, uh, uh, while at the same time, the ambassadors hearing uh, Christian business leaders uh, not only share about their business, but also to share their testimonies uh, with them. And over all these years, uh, God has used Jerry and Carol and their team to minister this way not only to hundreds of members of parliament and of the Senate, but ambassadors from over a hundred countries and have seen many come to faith in Christ and taking Christ back to their countries and to people of influence. This year, Jerry was presented with the Dipl Diplomat Award by the diplomatic community uh, of Ottawa for his service to the diplomatic corps. Jerry and Carol have five adult children and seven grandchildren and have been our missionaries to Ottawa, uh, whom we have supported for many years as a church. And so given Jerry's experience, his unique perspectives of Canada and its leaders, as well as uh, many international leaders. It's a privilege to have him give the message this weekend. Would you join me in welcoming Jerry at this time? Thank you, Henry. Good morning. And a happy Canada Day weekend. We sure live in a great country, don't we? God has really blessed us from sea to sea. And um, <clears throat> we still have a lot of things to learn, though. 
in our country. We still have a lot of spiritual needs. There's a few things we have to get on track. My lungs are, you know, I was having a lung problem for a few months, but um, when I stepped off the plane on Friday, I was able to get that good prairie air in my lungs, so I'm healed and I'm okay. Uh, we have a problem in our family with one of our grandchildren, our little grandson in Ottawa. He has a lung problem too. But I think it's on the 23rd of July. His parents are bringing him to Calgary, and when he gets off the plane, his lungs will be healed too with some good prairie air. So, uh, <laughs> my wife Carol and I, and uh, we'll be at a table at the back after the service if you want to pop by and uh, uh, see me and also meet my Africa queen if you haven't met her. Carol and I met in Kenya and we're married in Kenya and served in Kenya. And uh, she has a great ministry to the wives of MPs and the wives of ambassadors and to some of the women ambassadors and God is really using her. As an organization, as Henry referred to, we work with three groups of leaders. We work with our members of parliament and senate. We work with the foreign ambassadors. Ottawa right now has around 130 embassies, uh, foreign embassies, and uh, we work with just about, if they let us work with them, we get to work with them, and, uh, and God has given us a favor with them. And I should mention, on the Ambassador Corps, we do go to Washington from time to time because there's 30 countries that do not have, which do not have embassies in Canada. So they're ambassadors to the United Nation or to Washington uh, and to the United States are also responsible for Canada. And we were just down there uh, um, a few weeks ago and trying to meet some of those duly accredited ambassadors. And we've even had some of them come up and we've helped them. Uh, expand their contacts and minister to them as well. And then third, we work with a number of uh, business people uh, across the country, um, and uh, even through the ministry, we've seen a number of uh, corporate leaders come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, along with ambassadors and with members of parliament. Um, when we think of um, working with these people, uh, we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture this morning about a person that was a high-profile person, um, a person of influence, and um, uh, as we read that scripture about him, I think we're going to be have, show some parallels between him and some of the people that we work with. But would you stand with me at this time? I'd just like to read the passage that we're going to look at. It's Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. We're going to read verses 1 to 10. And he, Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, he has gone to the guests to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, 
And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Let's just have a word of prayer. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would touch my heart and every heart here. We thank you that your word is truth. And so speak through it in the way that would please you the most and get our attention the most. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As we work in Ottawa with leaders, um, uh, and we have, we have friends in the various political parties. I don't, we used to have uh, a couple of good friends in the block. We, I don't know the block guys very much right now, but uh, the rest of the, the groups uh, we pretty well know and uh, have friends in all of them. Election night, October 21st, will be a nervous night for us because we'll say, uh-oh, my liberal friend over there, he's behind or my conservative friend over there, he's behind, and, uh, or this, my NDP. <laughs> we, have, we love them. When we pray for them, we love them. And uh, we know that if they lose, we're not going to get to see them very much anymore. And uh, so that can be a nervous night for us. But uh, I'm, off, I'm asked at times, um, when you're working with the members of parliament, you know, are you promoting certain legislation and things like that? And uh, that's not us. That's not us. I remember in one situation, there was a very important moral issue, very important. And um, a leader of one of the parties said, Jerry, are you going around talking to the people, talking to the members to get them to vote right on this thing? And I said, um, no, I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm about. He was a bit surprised at first. I said, no, when I go to the members, I want them, first of all, to get right with Jesus. I said, if they get right with Jesus, they're going to vote right. So I'm going to stick with getting them right with Jesus. And uh, he says, yeah. He says, yeah, you're right. But that's where we are. Although I have to apologize, I have cheated. Um, as I told, told the service this morning, and um, we just had board meetings, and they didn't fire me. But I don't know that they know I've done this. But um, uh, I went into just, I, I attend a lot of the committee meetings to see what they're doing and pray for the, the committees while they're meeting. I'm in question period almost every day and pray for the members there. But uh, one day, I was in justice committee and I said to the liberals, I went over to them, I says, guys, I says, we got to change the charter of human rights. Well, we can't do that. I says, no. I said, we have to. I says, it's necessary. I says, it's missing a clause. Well, what's that clause? And then I went over to the conservatives. I said, we've got to change the charter. No, no, can't do it. Can't do it. No way that can happen. I says, yeah, but I says, it's missing a certain clause. What's it? You know? So finally, I said, okay, what's the clause? What, what, what are you talking about? I said, well, I says, I think there needs to be a clause in the Canadian Charter of Human Rights that gives grandparents the charter rights to spoil their grandchildren. And, and one of the liberals is a grandmother says, you know, she thought that was a good idea. She says, I don't think we change the charter, but I'm going to cheat anyways. <laughs> I'm still going to spoil my grandkids. So, uh, yeah, and then there's another time uh, I've talked to a number of the speakers and said that we need to make the House of Commons more Canadian and they need to start by changing their garb. 
you know, they wear these black robes. And I said, I really think it needs to be more Canadian. You need to wear striped jerseys and have a whistle. <laughs> so I guess I've had some fun with them. Anyways, to the scriptures. Jesus came to Jericho, a famous city. It's on the plains. It's about five miles west of the Jordan River and uh, about five miles north, uh, northwest of the Dead Sea. It's a fertile plain. And it's grown recently. Like, I was in Israel, I think it was about 10 or 11 years ago. And I remember driving on our way to the Sea of Galilee and passing Jericho. Um, it was a lot smaller than it is today. Because a couple months ago, we drove by and their outskirts come right to the highway. Yeah, that's Jericho. Joshua went there. The walls fell down. Um, about 15 years ago, I understand, 12, 15 years ago, it's, it's uh, inhabited by Palestinians. And uh, I understand that the Jesus film was uh, shown there and that a number of Palestinians in Jer Jericho came to know Jesus. I, I didn't have a chance to stop and check on what the church community is like there in that Palestinian uh, city today. But I was excited when I heard that there were people in Jericho that had come to know Jesus even in our modern day. So Jesus, just before he gets to Jericho, he's healed a blind man as he's coming on his way. And then as he comes to Jericho, we're going to see the interaction with Zacchaeus. And then shortly after this, towards the end of chapter 19, Jesus is then going up that steep incline up to Jerusalem, to the Mount of Olives, and then that's when Palm Sunday took place. So this is just before Palm Sunday and then when Jesus made the great sacrifice for your sins and for my sins when he died on the cross and carried all our sins to the cross to pay the penalty of our sins. So as he comes to Jericho, it says in verse 2, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. He was a man of prominence. He was well known because in verse 7, um, the community didn't like him. They grumbled. He was well known. He had influence. He was collecting taxes for the Romans. Um, men of prominence. Um, I find that with members of parliament, uh, foreign ambassadors, certainly with many corporate leaders, um, when they have that prominence, they often are very lonely people, and often they don't trust very many people. People are constantly asking things for them. Like if you go to see your member of parliament, if you sit down with your member of parliament, probably the first thing they're going to say besides saying hello is they'll say, how can I help you? They're expecting you to ask them for something. And that happens over and over and over and over and over. And by the way, I would encourage if, you're not met, if you haven't met your member of parliament, try and go see them. But when you go see them, uh, don't let the staff distract you. Uh, if the staff say, well, you know, I'm not sure that the member has time for you, just say, well, you know, the election is coming, and I really want to meet the person that's on the ballot. And when you start talking about votes like that, all of a sudden, um, the wheels are greased, and <laughs> you have a better chance of getting in. And I should say on this, too, in interacting especially with our members of parliament, one of the saddest things that has come back to me a number of times is that people 
that call themselves Christians, and maybe are, sometimes send some of the most vicious emails and letters to our MPs. And that's wrong. Uh, are there things that MPs vote for that make me angry? They certainly do. Um, when I sit in question period and watch some of the stuff that goes on, I'm tempted to be pretty angry. But God has called us to love. And we need to respond with love. And it's not wrong to state why we're concerned about such and such. But let's do it in love towards them. Because when we come at them like a piranha, that's when we're bruising them. And we need to win them to Jesus so that they do what's right. So, Zacchaeus, he was probably a lonely man. And I'll tell you one other story about some of the loneliness that I see, especially in members of parliament. This isn't true of all of them. Um, it's really neat when I see a Christian member of parliament willing to go through the wall for one of his colleagues. Um, but that's rare. That's rare. Winston Churchill, uh, his party won a by-election uh, on one occasion, and uh, so he brought the new member into the House of Commons to show him around. And uh, as he took him in, he said to the new member, he said, uh, the speaker sits here, I sit here, the cabinet sits here, and the new member said, said, oh, and over there's the enemy. And Churchill corrected him and said, no, over there is Her Majesty's loyal opposition. Your enemy is around you. A lot of MPs do not trust other members in their own party. <laughs> and we've seen that over and over. There's, I still remember one commercial during one campaign where these two guys, there are two leaders, <clears throat> two of our leaders uh, in the same party, they're, they're walking together, they're almost arm in arm, and they're smiling, and we're going to lead the country forward. <laughs> and I would laugh because those guys hated each other. <laughs> they didn't like each other. And uh, each of the parties, there are rivalries within. I don't want that guy to succeed because I want his cabinet post. That guy, I don't like him because he voted on something that hurts my constituency. And that guy doesn't like him back because he voted on something that hurt that guy's constituency. So there are rivalries and uh, a lack of trust even among people in their own parties. Anyways, Zacchaeus was a lonely man and trusted probably very, very few people, and he wasn't liked, according to verse 7, by the, the people in the community. But as he heard about Jesus coming, it says in verse 3, he was seeking to see who this person was. This person was this famous person. And then it says, on account of the crowd, he couldn't uh, see because he was small of stature. Um, I used to laugh at this small little guy in the tree when we'd sing Sunday school, in Sunday school songs about Zacchaeus. I used to think he was a joke. I've learned something from this passage that I no longer look, him at, look at him as a joke. But it says he was small of stature. Uh, one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Bill Bright, who founded Campus Crusade for Christ uh, and was president and uh, taught me a lot. Um, Bill, I, I'm 5'6". My dad, whom some of you know, he was six feet. It used to bother me that I never made it six feet, but now that I have to travel to many places around the world in economy, 
If there's two seats, I'm glad I'm not six feet tall. I can curl up a little bit. So five, six has worked out pretty good for me. But Bill, um, he came up to about here on me. And he would tell people, I'm not short. He'd say, I'm not short. I am just wound tight. I'm just wound tight. So I guess Zacchaeus wasn't short. He was just wound tight. Anyways, he was seeking to find Jesus, but there's this big crowd. He can't see uh, over them. But then he says, it says he also ran. He ran to see Jesus. So he was seeking to see Jesus, and then he ran to see Jesus. And then it says he climbed up in a tree to see Jesus. A rich guy climbing up a tree. A man of prominence climbing up a tree. Wow. Well, I think there's three things here we can pray for those in authority, uh, whether it's the boss at work, the mayor of our city, uh, our members of parliament, people that have authority. We should pray, first of all, that these people have a desire to meet Jesus. Give them a seeking heart. Give them a desire to see who Jesus is. Then secondly, pray that they take action, that they run, that they run quickly to try and see Jesus. And then third, like Zacchaeus, humble themselves to see Jesus. Three things, that they desire to see Jesus, that they run to see Jesus, that they take initiative to see Jesus, that they humble themselves to see Jesus. And so, he climbed up in the tree, and in verse 5, when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and he said, Hey, hey you, you guy that's wound tight, what are you doing in the tree? Who are you? What's your name? Is that how the scripture says? Is that what the scripture says? No, it's not what the scripture says. When Zacchaeus came, or when Jesus came, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus. He didn't ask who he was. We've had the privilege of taking delegations to um, MPs, uh, Christian MPs and businessmen to at least 75 countries to meet leaders in other countries and share the gospel and witness to leaders in other countries. And one of the, they're all special places. Those countries are all special. Their capitals are all special. But whenever I go to the Congress in Korea, in Seoul, God reminds me. Years ago, Jerry, I taught you something here. My first trip to Korea, I was in campus ministry and I was at a conference in Seoul, Korea. It was in 1974. Korea was a very poor country at that time. The conference was a training conference to train over 300,000 people. Most of them Koreans, but there were people from all over the world taking the training conference. In the evenings, we met on Yoido Island. At that time, Yoido Island had a large airstrip that had been used in the Korean War. And in the evenings, we would have rallies on that airstrip on Yuido Island. The first night, the Seoul police said there were at least 900,000 of us at that rally. And then the rallies grew to up to 1.5 million. 
because there were many languages needed. We had radios. I was able to tune into English. And early in the meeting, in the service, the Koreans were known as a people of prayer. So the MC said, now let's pray. Well, most of those people started praying out loud. And it was like a, a, a rushing wind. It was like a loud wind. All these people praying out loud. So I started to pray out loud. I didn't get very far. It was very clear. Stop. So I stopped. You're with a lot of people, aren't you? <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, I had been to McMahon Stadium and probably been in a crowd, football crowd of 30,000, but this is a different, <laughs> different situation. You're with a lot of people, aren't you, Jerry? Yes? I know every one of them. I know every one of them. Do you hear them pray? Mm -hmm. I hear every word. Wow. <laughs> Today, the Congress of Korea, that beautiful building is built on that island. And so when I go there, I'm reminded of how great our God is. When, Je when Jesus came, he didn't have to ask who Zacchaeus was because he was the one that was giving Zacchaeus his breath, his heartbeat. And he is still the one who gives you and I our heartbeat. He knows each one of us by name. And he even knows every thought that's going through your head and my head at this very moment. How great is our God. How great is our God. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, it says that God knew who you were, or who you are, and who I am before the foundation of the world. Each one of us here has been in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. I don't know how you view yourself, but each one of us is a special creation by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he loves us. And so, if you're struggling with a little bit of self-image, today, do yourself a favor. Look in the mirror. Point your finger at that person <laughs> and say, there is a person that was in the mind of God even before this earth existed. That's who you are, and that's who I am. And it's because of that God wants a close fellowship with us. What's also interesting is, as Jesus looked up, he said to Zacchaeus, and this is what hits me about Zacchaeus, and has taught me a lesson that I'm still learning. He said, hurry, come down, I must come to your house. Hurry, come down. That word in the Greek, the root word is speedo. You, you know the swimsuits? Speedo, that line of swimming equipment, speedo? It means haste. You do it now, immediately. <laughs> Jesus said, speedo, 
come down, I'm going to your house. Well, Zacchaeus was a busy guy. And he didn't say, well, Lord, um, you know, um, I got a lot on my schedule today, but uh, maybe we could have dinner tonight, or, uh, uh, you know, with the administration I've got, maybe I can work in sometime this week. Um, no, it didn't go that way. The moment that Jesus said, speedo, come down, <laughs> it says that he speedoed <laughs> in verse 6, that same word is there. He hurried immediately and came down. He responded immediately to Jesus. And the lesson that I've learned from this, that I'm working on, is so often I'm coming to the Lord, I'm the one that's taking initiative. Lord, I need wisdom on this. I need help with this. Or Lord, as I sit with your word, teach me what I'm reading in your word. But I'm taking often the initiative. But what bothers me is I think there's been a number of times when Jesus has said, Jerry, I need your fellowship right now. I want your fellowship right now. I need to teach you something right now. And I'm so busy that I put them off. And so this passage teaches me that I need to have a better listening ear a better sensitivity to his wishes so that when Jesus wants me to learn something now, I speed away. <laughs> I spend time with him. It's also interesting that Jesus didn't ask Zacchaeus, can I come to your house? <laughs> he just says, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> I'm coming to your house. How does that work? Well, who gave the house to Zacchaeus in the first place? Everything that we have, our time, our talent, our treasure, everything's a gift from him. So Jesus is just saying, Zach, let's go to the house that I gave you. Because <laughs> there I want to spend time with you. And so they go to the house, and in verse 8, we see that as this man, Zacchaeus, he had been curious about who this guy Jesus is, who this person Jesus is. Who is this famous person? He was curious about it, but now he's face to face with them and his life has changed. And he says, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Zacchaeus, he not only desired to see Jesus, he not only ran and took initiative to see Jesus, he not only humbled himself to see Jesus, but we see here a repentance when he met Jesus. To get right with the Lord, to get his sins forgiven, and to have the attitude that he wanted to make right, things right with the fellow men that he had offended in his life and had harmed. He wanted to help those that were in need. He wanted to help others. A completely changed man, not a selfish rich man. And then Jesus says in verse 9, today salvation has come to this house. And then in verse 10 it says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The word saved or salvation there is used twice, once in 9 and once in 10. And what does that mean? It means to rescue. It means to rescue, to 
preserve and to save from harm. We as mankind are facing harm because of our sin. Because God is holy, he's righteous, he's pure. And it is our sin that keeps us out of fellowship with him. And one day, each one of us has to face him on Judgment Day. And if we haven't accepted the gift that Christ has offered to us through his death on the cross of the forgiveness of our sins, then we're lost. We don't get that eternal fellowship with God. But if we have accepted Christ and his forgiveness and asked him to forgive us, we do have the wonderful promise, the hope of eternal life to be with God forever and ever. When we think of being a sinner, there is one passage in scripture that I struggle with the most. And I don't say this facetiously, I mean it. Paul said he was the chief of sinners. And when I see some of the things that have gone on in my mind and my heart, I think I have an argument with Paul. We all are sinners. We need Jesus' forgiveness. So today, I would just uh, ask that if you haven't made a commitment to Christ, if you have not asked him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life and lead you, I would encourage you to take that step before you leave this church property. But secondly, if you're struggling with who you are, uh, if you're down on yourself, well, God, you're precious to God. You're precious to God. Remember, you were in his mind before the foundation of the world. So thank him for that and then walk with him. I want to thank you for, again, for your love and care. I do ask that you pray for our country as we face an election. And also, please pray. We've got, there's some wonderful brothers and sisters that are running that know the Lord. Pray that God will use them in the campaign to bring glory and honor to God. God bless you. Have a wonderful Canada Day. Thank you so much.